old farmer who harbored a secret desire for years to become an evangelist. And one day, taking a break from his plowing, he was sitting up under a shade tree and he looked up into the sky and he saw the clouds. And as they sometimes do, you know, clouds can take on some formations and you maybe can see some things up in the sky. And as he was sitting there looking up into the sky, he saw the clouds forming the letters P and C. P and C. It's a sign from the Lord, he concluded. And he left his crops and he went out to preach Christ. P, C, preach Christ. But the sad thing was his preaching skills were not as refined as his farming skills and he actually saw very little response to his ministry and After hearing one of his sermons, a friend who knew about the cloud story came up alongside him and put his arm up on his shoulder and said, Are you sure God wasn't trying to say plant corn? (laughs) P.C. How do we hear from God? How does God communicate to us? How do we know what we should do? Well, while I'm careful not to limit the Lord and how He chooses and desires to communicate with us, I can confidently tell you today that the primary way that the Lord communicates with us is through His Word, the Bible. And while the Bible will not specifically address whether you should plant corn or preach Christ for your vocation, uh, it will not tell you to take this job at this time at this place. There are biblical principles that apply. And as we study God's Word and as we learn God's Word, He can use His Word to guide us and direct us according to His will and His way. So the question is, when we come to the Word of God then, if that's His primary way of communicating with us, how should we respond to God's Word? Now if you're wondering today, I'm just going to lay the cards out on the table, we believe that this Bible is God's Word. We believe all of it's God's Word. We believe it's the inspired, inerrant, infallible, very uh, inspired Word of God. That's a given here. That's non-negotiable. We're not debating that. We don't have any qualms with that. That is what we believe. This is the Word of God. But then, if this is the Word of God, and it is, how should we respond to it? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're doing a study right now in 1 Thessalonians. I'd ask you to turn there again, if you would, and we'll find chapter 2. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, as we're studying down through the verses, we find in verse 13 that it really helps us to understand how we should respond to God's Word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we'll just begin there at verse 13. We'll add some more verses on as we go along. But look at 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. Paul and Silas and Timothy writing to these Thessalonica believers here, they say this, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believes. Now as I came to this particular verse, as I was studying in preparation for today, I realized here, as Paul is saying, that I thank God for the way you responded to God's word, that in this verse we have four ways that we ought to respond to the Word of God. Four ways we want to respond to the Word of God. You might want to jot these down. 
they're very important as we grow in our Christian lives. Four ways to respond to God's Word. First of all, we need to simply hear it. We need to hear it. Notice that verse again. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the Word of God which you heard from us, the Thessalonians, they heard the Word of God. They listened to the Word. And this is so basic. In fact, God's Word says in Romans ten seventeen. so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We need to listen to the Word of God. Now, some of you are making that choice right now. Some of you are choosing to listen to the Word of God. Others, you're not really listening. Some of you may not look like you're listening, but in reality, you're really tuned in. You may look like you're not paying a lick of attention, but you're really tuned in and you're listening to God's Word. You're like the elderly gentleman who had serious hearing problems. And so he went to his doctor, and the doctor uh, fitted him with uh, hearing aids that allowed him to hear 100% for the very first time. I mean, he'd been really struggling, couldn't hear, but now he can hear it 100%. And the elderly man went home, and a month later he came back in for his checkup, and the doctor says, your hearing is perfect. Your family must be so pleased that you can hear again, to which this elderly gentleman said, well, I haven't told my family yet. I just sit around and listen to their conversations and I've changed my will three times. (laughs) He was listening. They didn't know he was listening. And I find that's the case as a preacher. Sometimes when I'm preaching, it looks like they're not listening, but they're listening. But I hope that you're listening. Listen to God's Word. Hear God's Word. Listen, this is God's Word being proclaimed here. Listen. Listen. Open your ears, receive what's being said, which brings us to that second point, which is not only hear it, but receive it. Look at the verse again, verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you can listen to something, but not really receive it. It can go in one ear and out the other. We need to change that when it comes to God's Word. We need to realize that this is the very Word of God. When the Bible is being spoken, when it's being read, when we're reading it, this is God speaking. We need to listen. We need to pay attention. We need to receive the message that God is giving, to receive it personally. The sense here in the original language where it says to receive means to formally receive authoritative teaching as from an approved source. To formally receive it as from an approved source. You see, when God's Word, when when He commands, it's not a suggestion. When He, through His Word, corrects, it's not optional. When when God gives clear direction and, and, and doctrine, it's not debatable. This is the authoritative, infallible, inerrant, eternal Word of God. And when the Word of God is being proclaimed, we need to hear it, we need to listen, and we need to receive it. We need to, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to sermons and Sunday school lessons and those sorts of things, even our own personal devotions, we need to really listen and receive it. When you come to church, listen, bring your rake, not your pitchfork. You say, well, maybe you're guessing. I know this is a country church, but I didn't know I was supposed to bring either. Well, in reality, I think every time we come, we either bring a rake or a pitchfork. You know the difference, don't you? Some people, they come to Sunday school, they come to church, they they sit under the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, and they bring along their pitchfork. 
And as the word is being proclaimed, they say, oh, amen. That, she needs that over there. Boy, keep preaching, preacher. He needs that over there. And we kind of pitch it over there and pitch it over there and pitch it to everybody else. Say, oh, I hope they're paying attention. When in reality, we need to bring our rake and rake it all in because it's all for us. God is speaking to us. And when the word is proclaimed, I rake it into my life and I rake it in, and I rake it in, and I rake it in. Bring your rake and not your pitchfork. God is speaking to you. God the Holy Spirit wants to communicate with you. As God's Word is being proclaimed, receive it. Hear it. But there's a third part here in this verse. And it's simply this. We need to welcome it. Notice the verse again. Notice it carefully. For this reason we also thank God without ceasing. Because. Why are they thanking God? Because when you receive the Word of God which you heard from us, notice this, you welcomed it, not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God. You see, you can receive a Word, but not welcome it. You can hear it and receive it, but not welcome it. I think welcoming a message goes to basically three things. The messenger, the message, and the motive. The messenger, the message and the motive. And if those three things are all aligned for your good, then we can learn to welcome even hard messages. Think about a caring doctor, the messenger, who comes in with a message. And it's not a good message. It's a hard message. But the motive is good. Why? Because the motive is the doctor says, listen, this is wrong, but if we do this, we can get this corrected and you can be healthy again. And so even though the messenger brings a hard message, the motive is a good motive. He wants to help you get healthy. And so therefore, you not only hear it, you receive that message and you welcome it. Now, I don't mean you jump up with joy and glee saying, yay, I'm sick, I want... No, but you welcome the news that there is a remedy. You welcome the news that you can get better. You welcome the news that there can be health again in your life, even if it is a hard message. Now, think about God's Word. The messenger is God Himself. The message of the Bible is pure and true and all. And the motive of God's Word is what? Our good and His glory. So even when the message is hard, even when it's something we may not like, we can welcome it into our lives. Why? Because we know the messenger is perfect and good. We know the message is perfectly good. And the motive is perfectly good. So we can welcome that message into our lives. Now, I mention that because not all of God's teaching and His message in the Bible is easy. Now, you're still in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13, right? Let's read a couple more verses. Let's add to that verses 14 through 16. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. Well, so far, yeah, that's good, but keep reading. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they do not please God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. Now, We were doing all right in verse 13. 
Verse 13 was all about we thank God because you've heard God's Word and you welcomed it and you received it, not as of men but of God. And Hey, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But then we got to verse 14 and 15 and 16. And what's the message? The message is this. Serving Jesus leads to persecution. Serving Jesus leads to suffering. Serving Jesus leads to hardship. Pushback. Serving Jesus doesn't make everybody around you excited. Some people are not excited about your enthusiasm for Jesus. Some people can't stand your enthusiasm for Jesus. Some people hate your enthusiasm for Jesus. In fact, some are going to persecute you because of your enthusiasm for Jesus, your service for Him. And I'm saying to you today, we should welcome this Word. You say, well, preacher, are you crazy? Welcome it? Now listen... I didn't say welcome the thought of persecution. I said welcome this word. Why? Because really it is a warning, it's an instruction that helps to do what? It helps to prepare us. It helps us and it encourages us. In other words, if we'll receive God's word concerning this particular area, and there are other hard messages, but this is all about suffering and persecution. If we'll receive this word, if we'll listen to it and welcome it and, and, and receive it and, and process it and allow the Lord to work in our lives, when the pushback comes, we won't be surprised because a lot of times we are. We're serving Jesus. We love Jesus. All of a sudden, somebody's coming back against us or saying things against us or it cost us in some way? Well, if we understand God's Word, we won't be surprised. The Bible clearly tells us here and in other places that we will suffer, we will have pushback, we will have persecution, and it's encouraging to know, what? That we're not the first. It's encouraging that we're not the only ones that are experiencing it. Furthermore, we're in good company. Notice who he mentions there, the apostles, the prophet, the early churches, and Jesus himself. So when we suffer and we face persecution and pushback, we're in good company. We should welcome this truth. God is preparing us. He's warning us. He's encouraging us. He's letting us know this is going to happen. We need to welcome the truth whether it is pleasant or difficult. Why? Because it comes from a loving Heavenly Father who cares about us and loves us and always does and always will. And so when God brings about these warnings in the Bible, He does it out of a heart of love. If I can be personal for a moment, I, I tried to warn my oldest son. He's not here, so I can talk about him. As you may know, Gideon feels called to be a youth and worship pastor. That's what he feels that God's calling is upon his life. Now, he's going to get a health and PE degree so he can teach because a lot of churches like ours can't afford full-time youth and worship pastors and that sort of thing. But his calling, his primary calling, is he believes is to be a youth and worship pastor. And so as a father, I've tried to warn him that that path is not always easy. He knows the path is not always easy. He's seen it. He's been with us his whole life, obviously. We've talked about it. We've talked about the challenges. We've talked about the things that you're possibly going to face in that. And listen, when I'm talking to him about that and warning him and reminding him and instructing him, I'm not trying to talk him out of doing it. Absolutely not. I'm thrilled that he wants to follow God's will for his life. But I, as a father, a loving father, is trying to prepare him to say, listen, this is the path that God has called you on. Just be aware. Just prepare. Just know this is what's coming. 
And I do that, why? Because I love him. And I want to encourage him. And I want to help him. And I want to prepare him. Not talk him out of it. Not go some other path. And when God comes along in His Word and He gives us something that's kind of hard to receive, and God brings instruction in our lives that we don't like, and it's one of those Sunday school lessons we wish we'd stayed at home in bed about, God does it. Why? Because He loves us. He wants what's best for us. He, he wants us to have an abundant, joy-filled life, even when it comes to the commands, thou shalt not, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. What God is doing is saying, listen, don't go down that path. It may appear good, but it's not. The ends are the ends of death. Help yourself to life. Help yourself to joy by obeying Me. So we welcome God's Word. God is not seeking to discourage us with hard messages like we're reading about here, persecution. He's seeking to prepare us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to help us. Why? Because He's our loving Heavenly Father. And that's why it's so important, men and women, so important, teenagers, so important, boys and girls, that we spend time in the Word of God. And not just on Sunday mornings. And not just during Revival Week. And not just during Camp Week. And not just during Vacation Bible School. And not just at youth group. And not just at team kid. We need to be in God's Word on a daily basis. Why? Because this is the bread. This is the sustenance we need. We need to feast upon the Word of God because this is our directions, our guidance. This is how God speaks to us primarily. And we need what this book has. We need the Word of God. Now I want to encourage you. You say, well, I'm really not in the Word. Well, let me just encourage you to start small. Don't, don't get too enthusiastic to where you say, you know what? I'm going to spend three hours a day in the Word. You're not. Let, let's start with five minutes. Let's just start with five minutes. Get you a devotional. We have them here. Get something. Just five minutes. Get alone. Even if it's just a few verses, if it's just one chapter, if it's just a psalm, just get in the Word just for a few minutes each day so you allow God to speak to you through the Word. You speak to God in prayer. And, and I guarantee you, if you'll give just five minutes to the Lord and you really begin to grow in your faith, that time with Jesus is going to grow too. And five minutes won't be enough. And ten minutes won't be enough. And you'll begin to grow. But what happens, a lot of times we say, well, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. I'm going, to, I'm going to read it cover to cover. And all of a sudden you find a book you've never read before named Leviticus. And you read about skin rashes and boils and different things. And you kind of get bogged down. No, just start slow. Start small. And grow in your faith. Grow in understanding. Come every morning if you can. Or every evening. Whatever works best for you in the way you're wired. Just, if, even if it's just one verse. But you need God's Word. So many Christians are starving to death spiritually. They come to church. And, and sad to say, we don't even have Christians that come to church every Sunday anymore. They, they're telling me now that the average normal attender attends about twice a month now. And so if you attend every Sunday, let's just say you're an overachiever. You come every Sunday. It's a long time from Sunday to Sunday. If you only ate a meal on Sunday and you didn't eat again physically till the next Sunday, you'd be a pitiful person. 
Yet how many of us do that spiritually? We come in on Sunday morning and boy, we get a big dose. We went to Sunday school. We went to church. Yeah! And yet we, we kind of wither on the vine throughout the week. We need God's Word. And so get into the Word. Let the Word get into you. Whether it be a verse, a chapter, a small passage, a devotional, just start with five minutes. Just say, God, help me. I want to give just five minutes and I guarantee you it will change your life. You'll begin to grow and you'll begin to grow in that more and more. We need to live in the Word. Saturate ourselves with the Word. Well, I said there were four and you were kind of waiting for the fourth one. How do we respond to God's Word? We hear it. We receive it. We welcome it. And then fourthly and finally, we live it. We live it. Look back at the verse again. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God. Now watch the last part. Which also effectively works in you who believe. Did you know the Word of God works in your life? It works in us, it works through us, and we need to live it out. Let me show you another verse. This is an awesome verse. I'll give it to you in the NLT because it really makes it plain. All Scripture is inspired by God. It means God breathed. All Scripture is inspired by God and it's useful. Now watch what it's useful for. To teach us what is true. By the way, we need to know today what is true. There are a lot of things out today, a lot of things being taught. The culture is discipling people left and right and people don't know up from down, left from right, boy from girl, man from woman. We need to know what is true. The Bible tells us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. There are some things that are wrong for us to do. That's not, not legalistic, that's biblical. There are things that are sin. There are things that are things we ought not to be doing. What is wrong in our lives? We do it wrong. The Bible comes along and says that's wrong. And the good news is we can get it made right. It corrects us. Notice it. When we are wrong. It corrects us. We need correction. And God through His Word as a loving Father corrects us through His Holy Spirit applying that Word to our lives. Just like you as a mom or dad corrects your children. Why? Because you love them. It corrects us when we're wrong. And notice this, it teaches us to do what is right. The Bible works effectively in us. God the Holy Spirit who lives inside of every Christian takes the Word of God, applies it to our life to make us more like the Son of God. We need to cooperate in living it out and obeying it and trusting it. We need to get in the habit of going to the Word. When things come up in our lives, here's what a lot of us do. We don't go to the Word, we go to Google. We say, oh Google, what do we do? We need to run to the Bible. Now if you want to use Google to get to the Bible, that's good. But what I'm saying is, the Bible is the final authority for faith and practice. We need to stop asking the world and Google and everybody else, what about this, what about that? And say, what does God say about this? What does God have to, to, to give us information about this and, and, and help us with this? We've got to get in the habit of going to the Word, and not only going to the Word, but pointing others to the Word. I don't mean to be offensive in saying this, but I want you to hear me clearly. People don't need your opinion or my opinion. They need God's Word. 
And when someone comes to us and they ask about something, we need to get in the habit of taking them to the Bible. Of saying, you know, God says in His Word. But we can't take other people to the Word if we haven't been to the Word ourselves. If we don't know the Word, we can't really help others know the Word. We've got to get in the Word and let the Word get in us and work in us. God has given us His Word not just for information, but for our transformation. Now, we are so blessed, beloved, we have a Bible. We have so much access to the Bible, it's not even funny. We have printed copies of the Bible. We've got the Bible on our phones. We've got them on our portable devices. We can access God's Word 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. There's never a time, really. I think about my own life. There's hardly ever a time, unless I leave my phone at home, that I don't have access to God's Word. Furthermore, if we've been in church for any amount of time, I hope there's some of that Word stored up in your heart so you're never away from the Word. In fact, the Bible says, Thy Word have I hidden in my heart. I memorized it that I might not sin against God. We've got access to God's Word. There are those who don't. But we do. The question is, what are we doing with it? How are we responding to it? I read a story about a white-haired man and his loyal wife that lived many years in the mountains. And progress finally forced its way in, in their domain and it, it began to consume the untouched landscape of that old mountain. And, and machinery began to cut away all the brush and the debris and all the growth on the top of that mountain. It, it was so dense with the undergrowth and the and so steep in its decline that this man had never gone to the top of the mountain. Well, there was a clearing now because they brought in all the machinery and worked and the old fellow and his wife, they drove the jeep to the top of the terrain. They got to the top, they turned off the jeep, they got out and they stood, they stood dumbfounded in awestruck silence. As they stood at the top of that mountain, they saw beautiful valleys and flowing greenery. It painted the landscape as far as they could see. And with sad yet hopeful reflection, the man said to think that we've lived here near all of our lives and nearly missed it. We've lived here all of our lives and we nearly missed it. And the writer sharing this said, some of us live within the confines of the Christian community and have a Bible in our hands and on a desk, yet we dare to miss its beauty and truths through neglect. Some of us need to take a trip up the mountain and behold the wondrous beauty of what God has revealed about Himself in His Word, the Bible. To stand in awestruck silence before our great God that we sing about today. I want you to understand, beloved, if you're going to know God, the way that God desires for you to know Him, you're going to have to get into the Word of God. It's in the Bible where He reveals Himself. Yes, we can look at creation and we see His beautiful handiwork and we praise God for it. But when we get into the Bible, He reveals more and more about Himself, things that we'll never know about Him unless we come and we spend time in His Word. We hold, and I think we've forgotten, 
We hold a precious treasure in our hands. Some of us, we grew up with it. We've had one for so long. One of our precious Gideons, they, they handed us a Bible maybe when we graduated kindergarten. We've had a Bible forever, it seems like, and we've forgotten what we've got, what we have. This is God's Word. God breathed. Our Creator, Sustainer of the universe has written down for us through human authors what He wants us to know and we don't care. We just... That's God's Word. May God forgive us. May God forgive us. When I hear stories about tribes and places who don't have any access to God's Word, if they could just get a page of God's Word... Just one page, they would look and treasure it and memorize it and learn it. And yet I've got a copy of the Bible over and over and over again. God forgive us. When it comes to God's Word, very simple. Hear it. Listen to it. Take it in. Read it for yourself. Then receive it. It's for you. God's speaking to you. What an awesome thought. And don't just receive it. Welcome it. Say, God, thank You for the message. Thank You for what You're teaching me. Thank You for the way You're growing me. Thank You for the warning. Thank You for the encouragement. Thank You for the strength that You've given me. And then live it. God, help me to obey what You've told me to do. I know that what You've told me, Lord, is is for my good. You've come that I might have abundant joy in my life. It's for my good. It's for Your glory. Help me to live it. Help me to trust Your promises on the hardest days. Help me to remember when the persecution comes that Your Bible says that You'll never leave me nor forsake me. You're always with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Yea, even I go through the valley of the shadow of death, You are with me. God's Word is given not just for our information, for our transformation. God the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and transforms us to be more like the Son of God. May we cooperate freely, gladly, joyously, saying, God, work in my life. May I hear it. May I receive it. May I welcome it. And may I live it for Your glory. Let's bow together. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Now, I didn't mention to you that if you're really going to understand the Bible, you're really going to know God through the Bible, you first of all have to know God. There's spiritual truths you're never going to discern on your own. They're spiritually discerned. And this Bible says that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. You're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ. Realize the Bible says you've done wrong, I've done wrong, we've all done wrong. It's called sin. We're sinners. But Jesus loves us so much, the Bible says that He came and He gave His life for us and He took it up again. If you don't know God today, that's the starting point. You need to understand the Gospel. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what the Bible teaches. And so today, if you're not sure that you've received Christ, I want to encourage you. Maybe God is speaking to your heart right now. Would you call out to Him? The Bible says if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. 
you have more questions about that, I'd love to talk with you afterwards. We have an invitation time. You can come forward and we would be happy to talk with you more about that. Today's message was primarily for believers. How about it? What are you doing with your Bible? Are you just moving it from the shelf at home to the car to church and then back on the shelf? Or is it the precious treasure that it really is in your life? Are you hearing it? Are you receiving it? Are you welcoming it? Are you living it? Some of you today maybe say, you know what, I need to make a commitment before the Lord. It's Him helping me that I'm going to get into the Word. I'm going to give just five minutes to start out with. And maybe right now you want to make a commitment to the Lord and say, Father, would you help me to spend five minutes, at least five minutes every day, allowing you to speak to me through your Word. Maybe that's what you need to do. Why don't you talk to the Father about that? Now, others may be really students of the Word. And you've spent way more than five minutes. Can I give you a word of encouragement? Just want to remind you that make sure that you're not just studying the Bible. Make sure that you're studying God through the Bible. Make sure you're learning more about Him. Make sure you're growing in your relationship with Him. Make sure it's not just an academic exercise, but as you study the Word, you're growing in your relationship with Him. It's so easy to get captivated by facts and figures and charts and maps and all those things. And all those things are fine and good. It's good to know all that. But never forget that God gave us His Word that we might know Him, not just words. So maybe today you need to just ask the Lord just to bless your studies in a greater way. And say, Lord, as I continue to grow in my faith, as I continue to grow in my Bible study, may I see wondrous things about you that I've never seen before. And may I just grow more and more in my love for you. The good news, men and women, is we'll never outgrow the Bible. It's kind of like the ocean. You can wade in as far as you can, but you'll never reach the end. You just keep going and going, and that's God's Word. It's inexhaustible. So whether you've been studying it for five minutes or 50 years, there's still room to grow. I want to encourage you in that. By the way, if I can help you in some way, if you need direction, say, well, I, I want a devotional. I want, I, I'll be ha happy to help you any way I can. I want you to grow. I want you to experience transformation in your life and really get to know God in a greater way. Father, I love you today. Thank you for giving us the Word. I think about the boys and girls next week. We're going to pledge every night. We're going to pledge our allegiance to the Bible, God's Holy Word to make it a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, to hide its words in our heart that may not sin against you. May that be more than just routine and just tradition. May that be the reality of all of our lives. Help us to fall in love again with you. 
Help us, Lord, to grow in our love of you. Help us, Lord, to realize what a precious treasure you've given us in this Bible. Far greater value than rubies or gold, much fine gold. The very word of the living God. Continue to work in hearts and lives. If there's anybody here who doesn't know you, don't let them leave without settling that. If there's a brother or sister hurting, Lord, would you point them in your word to the truth that they need, the promise that they need to sustain them and help them. Bless our Bible teachers. Thank you for the men and women who faithfully teach in this place, in Sunday school, in children's ministries, in youth ministries, and vacation Bible school. Help us all to take serious that responsibility. Not just to give it just a thought and a, just a dab of work, but to really dive into the Word that we might can bring forth what you have for each person listening. Thank you for this Word in Thessalonians. Thank you for what you're teaching us. Help us to be faithful to you when those hard days come, when the pushback comes and the persecution and the suffering. Help us, Lord, to stand and having done all to stand. Bless now this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning, 338. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. The description of God's Word here. The altar is open. If you would like to come and pray, you may do so. If we can help you in some way, let us know. Let's stand together. 338, Wonderful Words of Life.